Hello and welcome to another unexciting episode of the Hashtag Pistons Podcast. I'm Joe, I'm your host, um, once again, day late, and I didn't do a recap or anything for the last game because it was Martin Luther King Day, so holiday, and I had some other stuff going on and I just kind of decided not to do it. I also didn't watch all of the game live, I saw some of it, but not all of it, so I had to watch some of it on replay and I just decided, whatever. Um, so... The last two games now really put um, put a damper on things. <laughs> uh, there's there's just no way around that. Um, first, you lose a really close game to Chicago, where Tobias Harris plays like hot garbage, and you know there were some questionable refereeing decisions down the stretch of that game as well, which is frustrating. And the Bulls shot absurdly well. But overall, it's just, that's one where you go, well, it sucks, but that happens. But then, of course, you bounce back by then losing to the Hornets and losing pretty handily to the Hornets. And, you know, it's kind of like, it's a, like a lot of, and I've said this a lot throughout this season, is that, you know, they might have, you may have a bad loss. But, you know, when you have a bad loss, that happens to pretty much every NBA team other than, you know, the best one or two. And even the best one or two have those nights. And so the thing that's important is you bounce back by, you know, having a good win. And the Pistons could still, if they beat Toronto um, tonight, that would be a good way to do that, I suppose. But it's just, it's not good when you have that really close loss to a bad team in the Bulls, and then you turn around by losing pretty handily to another bad team in the Hornets. Uh, That's just, that's, that's really not ideal. And... Um, the Charlotte game, I think, was really just indicative of that, especially with Reggie Jackson out. If Andre Drummond does not play well, this team just, they're not going to be good at all. And he just, that was probably his worst game of the season, I'd want to say. Um, I'd have to double check, obviously, but I'm pr- just off the top of my head. I mean, three points, ten rebounds. He did have five assists, so he had something. But just really, I'm one of seven from the field. Like, just... And he let Dwight Howard have a big game against him, which is especially frustrating. But just all in all, he played really badly and probably his worst game of the year. And it's rough because without Reggie Jackson, Andrew Drummond and Tobias Harris are by far the best two players on the team now um, playing. Like, and it's not even particular, particularly close. Like The next guy would probably be Avery Bradley, and he's not even close to as good as Tobias Harris is overall, I'd say at least. And in back-to-back games against bad teams, you have your second and first best player have probably their worst games of the season. Um, I said in the recap that I thought that the game against the Bulls was probably Tobias Harris's worst game in a Pistons uniform, probably. Uh, at least, you know, <laughs> as bad a game as he's ever played in a Pistons uniform because he was so bad offensively and he was also terrible defensively. So... You know, it's just, it's frustrating, especially on top of that, because they had such a good win against the Nets, and then you lay a couple of duds. And now the schedule is going to be a little bit tougher. They play um, the Raptors and Wizards on the next two games, and uh, then they get Brooklyn again. So, I mean, it's not one thing. They brought up this graphic, I think, in the game against the Hornets, but the Pistons have an easier schedule the rest of the way. So there's some hope still, obviously, that they should... No, there's more than some hope. There's a good amount of hope that they can keep afloat. But just, those are two losses that you shouldn't have had. 
And I mean, if they had lost one of them, so like you lose that Bulls game, bounce back and beat the Hornets, and you go, you know, you lost a close game. The Bulls played awesome. Tobias Harris played terrible. It happens. You bounce back. You win the next game. You move on. That's the way the NBA works sometimes. But once again, it's just you bounce back by losing pretty handily to Charlotte. It's just that can't happen. Um, so we're not going to go super long today because i got some other stuff I've got to do. But um, the main topic of the day, I think, is has got to be a combination of things. There's two things, I suppose, that are going to be the main topic. So the first one is Avery Bradley. Um, a lot of people have said a lot of things about Avery Bradley's play this year. And a lot of people said, oh, they're so disappointed by the way he's played so far this year and that sort of thing. And um, now, I can understand that you would be a little disappointed because it, it has been a little bit. Um, but I think a big part of that disappointment actually has to do with um, people set their expectations too high for him. Um, and it's a result of that expectations got set too high because it's a result of that. He's a role player, okay? He's a really, really good role player, but he is a role player. And he's the sort of role player that fans love, and he played in Boston his whole career. So Boston's fans, so Boston fans thought he was better than he actually is. And then when he leaves, people were really, Boston fans were really not pleased about it, so they just raved and raved, oh, you're going to love this guy so much, you're going to love this guy so much, he's going to be so good. And in their desperation to show their affection for Avery Bradley, who is a fan favorite, which, and this happens other places too, in their desire to show affection for Avery Bradley, they made him out to be a better player than he actually is. And um, you, there were people, like people who were saying that Avery Bradley was going to have it, he, he's probably going to be an all-star this year. Like, no, unless there was, now, I, I get that a big reason that people thought that is because the, um, the East lost several players, and, you know, I mean, Jimmy Butler and Paul George opened up some space on the wings, but it's just, and then especially once Gordon Hayward got hurt, I suppose, but, I mean, it's just, he's not that caliber player. If he were to have made, I'm, I'm pretty sure he's not gonna make it, I I would guess at least. I mean, who else even would be able to... DeMar DeRozan's going to make it, obviously. Uh, Victor Oladipo shouldn't make it. Um, Brad Beal will make it. So that's three. Um, so if they take a fourth shooting guard, maybe, but probably not. I'd take a couple other guys over him, I know. I'd put Chris Middleton over him, but, I mean, Chris Middleton's pretty drastically underrated. But that's beside the point, right? He's just... He's not that caliber player. Um, he's a role player. He's a really, really, really good role player, but he is a role player. And I think perhaps the way that they've used him, at least, I think perhaps the Pistons thought he's better than he actually is, too. Um, but so the, the big thing people have brought up is, you know, he's shooting so poorly from the field. Uh, he's shooting just over 40% from the field. His true shooting percentage is... Just 50.8%, which is really not good, um, especially for a guy who has the ball as much as him. But when you look at his shot chart, and I put this up in a little tweet thread, what, a week ago or so and such, and you look at the synergy stats, um, it's clear that it's just he should not be handling the ball so much. He's still a really good off-ball player. I mean, he's shooting 40% from three this year. 
And let's not forget that he's having he's having statistically his best three point shooting season of his career, and he's a and he's pretty good in other areas at scoring. But it's just when you put the ball in his hands, and try and have him create, he's just not good at it. He turns the ball over a bunch. He doesn't shoot well off the dribble. Uh, he takes too many long twos. And I once again, it's in that little tweet thread I did the other day. Um, the thing is with the long twos, it's not just like the basic, you know, ideolo- ideological standpoint that, um, you know, long twos are bad for your offense, which is, you know, the whole analytics thing. It's that, I mean, even if you take out the that that whole thing, where it's just, you know, long twos bad, just as a rule, um, the reality is that he's just shooting like crap on them. Like, here, I'm trying to find it back so I don't need to go generate a new shot chart. I don't know if I'll actually find it or not. But he's shooting, like, 20% from all the spots just inside of the three-point line. Like, not just long twos, like the ones just inside the line. And it's... uh, It's... It's bizarre because it to get it you have to um okay here we go yeah so like and it's so you bring up the shot chart as a way that it's a, it's got forty different zones so they're smaller and those ones that are just steps inside the three point line um and he's just awful so like at the top of the arc just like a step inside the three point line he's eight of twenty seven this year on the right side of the arc he's two of eighteen and then once you take another step or so in then he gets into the forties and fifty percent. And, you know, once again, so for instance, a longer two, it's like around the, um, around the free throw line, a little, just further out than the free throw line. He's shooting 42%. Analytically, that's not a good shot. That's what, 484 points, about 83 points because it's 42.9%. So like 83, 86 points per, um, 100 possessions. Okay. That's not good. But there's a basic sense in which, you know, you play other things off that because he can hit them. But, like, he's shooting below 30% on several on those ones just inside the line. And so it's like, you just, you can't do that. So they really, I think, need to focus on take the ball out of his hands, make him an off-ball player more. And if they don't attempt to do that as the season goes on, um, I would actually say that's a pretty big failure on the Pistons coaching staff. Uh, as a lot of people know, I'm pretty defensive of Stan Van Gundy more often than not. But I, when it's this clear in the numbers that this is something he is not good at, and in particular, he's actually still really good off-ball. He's still an elite off-ball player. He's he's in like the 90th percentile for off-ball sh- for spot-up shooting and off-ball playing. But he's just he's awful with the ball in his hands. So. And you can still let him do some stuff occasionally. Obviously, without Reggie Jackson, everyone's having to stretch themselves a little bit. But just you can't you can't give him the ball so much when he's so clearly struggling. And he's taken more shots than any other Pistons player in the last five games by a large stretch. And it's just you can't have that. The fact that he is taking more shot attempts than anyone else is pathetic, honestly. And it's kind of a failure of the coaching staff. And that's something that needs to change. Just simply put, that can't happen. He's not a good enough player to do that. He's an off-ball player. And even if you want to make the argument, well, Reggie Jackson out, you need other guys to step up. That's great. Other guys can step up. Avery Bradley can take on more duties. 
Don't have him handle the ball more. He's already handling the ball way too much. Tell him to stop freaking shooting long twos because he's not only is it bad analytically, he's not even good at them, like even a little bit good at them. He's awful at them. Not Once again, not just in the terms of, well, long twos are not analytically sound. In terms of even if they, like, took away the three-point line, all right? So it's not, well, take another step out so they're worth another point. You're just shooting so bad that you shouldn't ever be shooting that shot. If you were shooting that bad from anywhere on the floor, you'd say, don't shoot that anymore. If you're shooting that bad from corner threes, you'd say, stop shooting corner threes. Like, that's just the reality. Don't shoot them. So that's with Avery Bradley. Um, the one thing with that, a lot of people, a lot of people think the Pistons should trade him. Um, I'd be hesitant to do that. He's, despite all the trashing I've just done of him, he's still a really good role player. He's shooting the ball really well. He obviously defends. One thing I've seen some people bringing up is his advanced defensive stats. Um, if you didn't have a problem with Avery Bradley's defense before this year then you should not have a problem with Avery Bradley's defense now because his advanced advanced stats have pretty much always really hated Avery Bradley. And there was a time a few years ago where that was a point of contention with him until over the last couple of years people were kind of like, yeah, no, he's good. You know, if your advanced stats say he's a bad defender, there's something wrong with your advanced stats. But advanced stats have always really disliked his, um, his, his defense. And that's just the reality. So unless you had a problem with his defense already and were like, well, his advanced stats are bad, then don't start saying it now because it's right in line with where he's been, you know, literally his entire career pretty much as far as I know. So, yeah, that's that. Just don't be – it's just – it's not a thing to worry about with the advanced stats. They've always been bad for him defensively, and that's not going to change. So – You know, that's part of Avery Bradley. It's the eye test with him defensively. And the eye test he passes with flying colors. Um, The other thing to talk about, then, is uh, Reggie Jackson is supposedly progressing well, just so as we have a little bit of positivity here on the podcast. Um, He's off crutches in a boot, and he's he's they say that he is progressing right on schedule for, for the earlier return that they were looking at and you know once again this doesn't mean that he's for sure going to be back at the earlier time like within two months of his injury but it's a good sign so far and like they're confident enough that they're already starting to talk about you know we're not going to have him start doing too much right away we want to ease him back into play like they're already talking about him as though they're preparing for him to be back fairly soon and that is good (laughs) that's good news for everybody involved um, that's good for the Pistons, whether they plan to sit tight, ride out the storm, and wait for Reggie Jackson to come back, or if they're going to try and trade him. Uh, no matter what it is, that is good news that it looks like he's progressing well. Um, last thing to hit on, man, I'm not even to 20 minutes yet, but whatever, it's just, that's how it's going to be today, I guess. Um, the last thing, the Pistons go to Toronto for their next game. That will be tonight, I'm guessing, um, because I'm pretty sure this will be uploaded in the morning. So, ugh, that's going to be a rough game. Um, DeMar DeRozan is a monster, and he's a problem for Avery Bradley because Avery Bradley's so much shorter than he is. Uh, the Raptors have been playing really good ball all year, really, but especially as of late. Um, I really like the Raptors. I think they're a really, really good team. I thought so before the year. I picked them 
in my power rankings before the year, I picked them to finish first in the East. And people gave me a lot of crap for it, but I'm feeling pretty good about that still right now. This is a real team. They are good. They can really play. They do a lot of good things. DeMar DeRozan's awesome. Kyle Lowry's awesome. And they've got a lot of really good role players on their team, too. And in particular, DeMar DeRozan is a problem for the Pistons because they're be- the guy you want to have defending, you know, opponent opposing scores on the perimeter, Navy Bradley, is small enough that he'll have trouble with them. Uh, so that's it. And then also, of course, there's the thing that Jonas Valanciunas has always just had Andre Drummond's number for whatever reason. Uh, perhaps Andre Drummond will do a little bit better this year, given that he's more disciplined defensively and such. But just, there will never be a time where Jonas Valanciunas is not at least a little bit worrying to me when he's going against Andre Drummond. So they're, they are a good team, and anyone who says otherwise is wrong. That's just reality. And they, in particular, have been playing great ball as of late. Uh, they've lost three of their last four games, but they lost by one point to Miami, uh, two points to Golden State, and then they lost by six points to Philadelphia in their last game. So really not a whole lot to be ashamed of there. So they're, they're a good team, and I would definitely be worried about them. And if the Pistons can win that, though, that'd be a really good way to bounce back from a couple of bad losses, but I'm not super confident about that. So, yeah, we're not even to 20 minutes, but that's how it's going to be today. Unfortunately, it's going to be a shorter podcast. So uh, stay beautiful, everybody, and go Pistons.